Support for this podcast comes from Kinney Drugs, celebrating 120 years of providing medications, advice, and quality healthcare products and services. Kinney pharmacists administer all CDC-recommended vaccines to those age 18 and older, including flu, HPV, Tdap, MMR, chickenpox, and hepatitis A and B. They also administer vaccines indicated for older adults, including shingles for age 50 plus, RSV for age 60 plus, and pneumonia for age 65 plus. Employee-owned and locally committed since 1903. Learn more at kinneydrugs.com. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. In an attack that shocked the world, three Palestinian-American college students were shot and wounded while walking in Burlington on November 25th. The men were in Vermont visiting family for Thanksgiving. Police allege that 48-year-old Jason Eaton stepped off his porch and shot the three men. The attack appears to have been unprovoked, and the assailant said nothing before opening fire, according to the victims. Eaton has been charged with three counts of attempted second-degree murder, and authorities are investigating whether to add a hate crime charge. He has pleaded not guilty and is being held as he awaits a bail hearing. The three victims, all age 20, are Hisham Awartani, a student at Brown University in Rhode Island, Kinan Abdalhamid, a student at Haverford College in Pennsylvania, and Tassin Ali Ahmad, a student at Trinity College in Connecticut. They were classmates at the Ramallah Friends School, a Quaker high school in the occupied West Bank. The students have been treated at the University of Vermont Medical Center. Burlington Mayor Moreau Weinberger called the attack one of the most shocking and disturbing events in this city's history. Senator Peter Welch cited the attack when he reversed himself on Tuesday and called for an indefinite ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said the attack in Burlington was part of a sharp increase in the volume and frequency of threats against Jewish, Muslim, and Arab communities across our country since October 7th. That was when Hamas launched a surprise attack that killed 1,200 Israelis, sparking a bombardment and ground invasion by Israel that has so far claimed the lives of some 15,000 Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip, two-thirds of them women and children. Hisham Awartani texted from the ICU at UVM Medical Center, This hideous crime did not happen in a vacuum. I am but one casualty in this much wider conflict. Hisham was shot in the spine, and doctors say he may never walk again. The Council on Islamic Relations reported an unprecedented 216% increase in complaints of Islamophobic or anti-Arab bias in the month following the Hamas attack. The Anti-Defamation League reported that anti-Semitic incidents surged over 300% in that same period. On this Vermont Conversation, we speak about the attack on the three Palestinian-American young men with Burlington resident Rich Price, the uncle of Hisham Awartani. We're also joined by Wafiq Faour, a Palestinian who is a member of Vermonters for Justice in Palestine, and Fuad al-Amudi, vice president of the Islamic Society of Vermont. I began by asking Rich Price how the three young men are doing. Well, I'll speak if I can in, in sort of general terms, which is that um, they're all recovering 
uh, from a very traumatic experience. Um, they each received uh, gunshot wounds um, of differing severity. Um, I think no, unquestionably, my nephew Hisham uh, received the um, the most uh, serious of the injuries. He he has a um, a bullet lodged in in his spine, um, and he is currently unable to move his legs. Um, I think they are recovering. They are being very well cared for by the Vermont uh, UVM um, Medical Center staff, uh, doctors and nurses there. Um, they are demonstrating extraordinary resilience and courage and strength. Um, and uh, it's really been, um, for me, remarkable to watch them um, process this um, together and um, as I said demonstrate real strength and resilience in the face face of uh, a really difficult circumstance are they together in the same room uh, at the hospital at UVM yes they have been together in the same um, ICU room which is has been um, really a wonderful thing for them to to be able to to communicate and to, as I said, process this together as, as friends would. And, um, um, you know, they, they were, each of them were worried and concerned about the other, uh, about the others. And so to, to be together, I think was very comforting. What do you observe in the room? What do they talk about with one another? Well, as uh, you know, I've seen them re retain a, a sense of humor in, in the in in the face of of this uh, tragedy and, and difficult time. I, you know, they are ribbing each other. Who, you know, who who has the the worst injuries and and uh, who, who you know um, who's gonna you know uh, recover faster and, and things like that. Um, they're great friends, and um, it's I think it's meaningful to them to be together, and I can only imagine that this will bring them closer. And how are you doing? I would say that i'm i'm um, I'm running on, I guess, some sort form of adrenaline um, and care, sense of concern, obviously for my nephew but a sense of deep concern for my sister and my brother-in-law, Ali, who uh, have had to deal with this um, from so far away. And um, so I'm relieved to know that they're, they've started their journey um, to come here to be with Hisham. Um, and, you know, candidly, I feel a sense of shame and, and, and sorrow that, um, that this would happen in in my town in my community and and um and this would happen as while they were guests of ours uh, to celebrate thanksgiving can you explain uh, your family's connection to vermont and what brought hisham and his friends here sure i went to middlebury college uh so just down the road and fell in love with vermont during my four years at middlebury I left Middlebury. I left Vermont for 
many years and and my wife and I came back to Burlington or moved to Burlington in 2008 and shortly after that my mother also moved here um and so whenever Hisham comes to the United States um he his family would would come stay with us and and since Hisham has been studying at Brown our home and um, our family has been his family away from home, his home away from home. And, and whenever there were breaks in the academic schedule, um, we uh, host Hisham. And um, these friends of Hisham's are friends from Ramallah. And like Hisham, uh, are far away from home. And so we've um, included them, we folded them into our family um, whenever, um, whenever we can. And, and so we've had them hosted them for previous, uh, Thanksgivings and, and this had in some ways become sort of a tradition. You spoke at the press conference with, uh, Mayor Weinberger and the others, um, shortly after the shooting about the tragic irony that behind this attack, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, my sisters lived in Ramallah for a couple decades now, and, and I'm often asked, aren't you worried about your sister? Um, aren't you worried about your nephews? Aren't you worried about your niece um, living under occupied uh, uh, um, oppression um, in, uh, in West Bank? And of course I am. Of course, it's, it's a terrible um, it's a terrible reality in many ways. Um, but in the face of that hardship, um, the sense of community that exists in Palestine, that exists within Palestinian culture, that exists within in Ramallah and in um, cities throughout Palestine, towns throughout Palestine, it's, it's really remarkable. And, and it's something that I think people in this country may not be able to even fathom because um, it, 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 it's so um, different in a lot of ways uh, from sort of our sense of, of modern community. Um, but that being said, I, I, I still believed and, and encouraged um, my nephew uh, advocated that he pursue his studies in the United States um, believing that it was a safer option for him and it, and it, and it removed him from um, many of the risks and dangers that uh, exist for any Palestinian young man um, living under occupying uh, forces. And so that he should leave that behind, come to the United States and be victim to this sort of violence in a community like Burlington that prides itself on its openness, its inclusiveness, and um, is uh, in so many ways a, a diverse and accepting place. I honestly could not have fathomed that this type of violence would affect my nephew and his friends. What, talk a little bit about the West Bank. You know, when we talk about the occupied territories here, 
and particularly now with the war on Gaza, you, you know, people, I think, reflexively just think this is a war zone. But as you're describing, um, it is that is not where um, that is not the experience of Hisham and your sister and their family every day. It is a community. It is a tight knit community. At what kind of uh, encounters or risks has Hisham growing up had in living in West Bank? And what have been some of the positive aspects of it, including the school that he attended, the Ramallah Friends School? To be Palestinian in this world is very difficult, and um, especially for the last 75 years. And it requires a, a resilience and a fortitude and a strength and a sense of community. And there is a remarkable sense of community and actually safety in uh, communities. Uh, there's, of course, the risk of uh, violence uh, from IDF forces, from um, uh, settlers. Uh, um, but generally speaking, people in Ramallah don't lock their doors. People in uh, communities and villages throughout Palestine don't lock their doors. Um, and uh, so it's this very strange dichotomy of, um, of um, community safety, but in the context of an environment in which they um, are subject to forces um, that don't respect their rights, um, um, pursue collective punishment. Um, so, but as you say, um, in in Ramallah, my my nephew and uh, his friends attended a, a wonderful school, a Quaker school called the Friends School of Ramallah. They received excellent education, um, as evidenced by the fact that, you know, one is at Brown University, one is at Trinity, one is at Haverford. You know, these are top universities in this in the world. Um, and they're they're excellent um, students at those top flight uh, universities. And, and I have um, heard Hisham referred to described in one account as a math genius. Is that he, is that how you is that true? He is. I mean, he's. Not only that, uh, he's a polyglot. He speaks English, of course, Arabic. He speaks um, Italian, German. Uh, he has studied Persian, Aramaic. I mean, he's uh, he's he loves his studies. He loves learning, and um, you know, he. I would say one of the things that characterizes my nephew is that he has a deep love of learning, and has always since he was a, a little boy. Has the, you know, the harassment and violence that we hear about that has gone on routinely for Palestinians affected your family and uh, Hisham and his friends uh, when they're living in the West Bank? I, I understand you're saying it's a place where you leave your keys in the car. Sounds like Vermont in that way. But there's a lot about that we hear about the West Bank that most definitely it does not sound like Vermont. Yeah, I mean, I think what many Americans don't realize is that when um, you, people think of the West Bank as sort of a contiguous place uh, that's controlled by Palestinians. Um, 
as a Palestinian, you cannot travel from the south of the West Bank to the north of the West Bank uh, freely. You have to travel through uh, Israeli-controlled checkpoints. And so um, my nephew, his family, do not have freedom of movement even within the West Bank. Um, my nephew is an American citizen. He has an American passport. The Israelis do not recognize his American citizenship. Um, they had apparently had, under some recent agreements, agreed to uh, to recognize American citizenship. They seem to have uh, backed away from that um, agreement. So that's another thing that I think is important for people in this country to realize. And, you know, we take a lot of pride, I think, most of us in being Americans and protecting the rights of Americans. But what's what many people don't realize is that the rights of Americans don't matter in Israel if you're also Palestinian. Um, and you talk about, you know, this is happening in the larger context of an enormous spike in attacks on Muslims generally, Arabs. Um, how do you think that plays into what has just occurred here and the attack on your nephew? Obviously, the the conversation, the temperature of the conversation has gone up considerably since October 7th. And, you know, just today I was watching reporting on absolutely devastating experiences of the hostages that are being returned now to Israel. And I think rightfully we express outrage uh, for the acts of violence um, and we show concern for innocence. But I think it's also important that we continue to express our outrage over the civilians in Gaza that have been killed, that have been injured, that have been displaced. Now, I heard today, recent reports, uh, more than 80% of Gazans have been displaced from their homes. It's a devastation of an entire people at a scale that I don't believe people here can actually even fathom. You know, one of the tragedies of this conflict and of, of uh that has long been true is that expressing support for Palestinian rights, expressing outrage at crimes against Palestinians, expressing outrage at the the some of the dehum, dehumanizing language that um, people even within Netanyahu's government use often. Um, that is too often conflated as being anti-Israeli or even anti-Semitic. And those two things are not mutually exclusive of one another. And I think one of the things that needs to happen, if there is to be peace between Palestine and Israel, if there is to be security in Israel, and is that we that imbalance needs to be corrected and we need to normalize support for Palestinian rights and realize that standing in solidarity with Palestinians is not the same as standing in opposition of Israel 
and the rights of and security of innocent people in Israel. Explain a little more about that. Um, yeah, what do you mean? What I mean is, I think people, especially since October 7th, have found it difficult to voice support and concern for Palestine and for Palestinians because they're, in many conversations, in many places, they're, that support is viewed binary in a binary sense that if you support Palestinians, if you, if you show concern for the people of Gaza, you are in effect um, expressing support for Hamas or expressing condemning Israel or Israel's right to existence or being anti-Semitic even. And, um, and the point that I'm making is that I think it's important for a key component of a tangible, uh, lasting peace in that region is that in this country, it's important that we stop dehumanizing Palestinians, that we, we create a place where you can both advocate for the rights of Palestinians, stand in solidarity with Palestinians, and not be viewed as anti-Semitic or anti-Israeli. Can you say uh, something about um, Hishem's family, his father, Ali, uh, is Palestinian, uh, his mother is your sister, uh, American. What are the circumstances of Ali's family? What is a, the, their short history? Um, uh, what has happened to them? They're... Um... I'm I'm hesitating because I I want to I'm I'm aware that uh, some of the things I may share may be weaponized against them in, in ways that I I I don't want to um, put them in in jeopardy. But I will say they come from a prominent family, a well well regarded family, a family of academics. Um, they're uh, my nephew's great uncle, so my brother in law's uncle is the minister of uh, education. Uh, he's the former president of Birzeit University. There's a lot of academics, a lot of professors. Um, it's, you know, Palestine has the highest rate of PhDs per capita of any people. So, you know, I think one of the one of the many misconceptions of Palestine, of, of Palestinians, or one of the things that people don't realize when they think of Palestine is that it's a highly educated people. It's a highly um, sophisticated uh, people, and um, the you know one of the things I've been asked since this tragedy unfolded on Saturday was you know what it, what good do I hope comes out of this? Well, one good that I hope comes out of this is that too often in this country the portrayal of Palestinians is negative especially that of Palestinian young men. These three young men who were gunned down on Saturday night are extraordinary. They're smart. They're courageous. They're kind. They're respectful. They're, you know, I, I can go on and on and on. And yet 
they also represent what I know is 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 common in 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 Palestine, which is um, you know that people take a lot of pride in all of those things and being um, being um, being that way. And and so it's you know it's my hope that that we can profile these three young men as examples of of Palestinian young men as a counter to the image that is too often portrayed in, in this country. We've all been affected uh, as we see the images of the Israel-Hamas war, just unfathomable devastation in Gaza. And of course, um, you know, horrific uh, killings on October 7th. But the images coming out of Gaza relentlessly day after day for the last month, how has that affected you and also these three young men who are seeing their home, you know, well, they, I don't, are any of them from Gaza? They're all West Bank. One of, one of them, his family is originally from Gaza. How has this affected them? Just seeing the images and hearing from their family there. I think it's been really difficult to be so far away and to see this play out, to see, as I said, um, the response to the violence on October 7th, which was evil and abhorrent and to have innocent people um, killed and taken hostage, we have to condemn. But the response to that day, the response of the Israeli Defense Force, the indiscriminate bombing of densely populated civilian areas, um, the indiscriminate killing of civilians, that also is evil and abhorrent. And I think it's been difficult for my nephew and his friends to see that and um you know, one of the reasons why I think they were wearing the kafiyas, uh, why many people abroad who have love and, and concern for that uh, part of the world wear kafiyas. Kafiyah is a, is a traditional Palestinian scarf that has come to be a symbol of Palestinian solidarity. And so it's a peaceful symbol of support and concern for the rights and well-being of Palestinians. And we have seen, you know, the recent numbers, you know, estimates more than 12,000, possibly 14,000 people dead, more than, you know, 4,000 young people, children killed, something that the Secretary General of the United Nations calls a, a graveyard of children. Um, I think it's deeply disturbing. And so to have these young men come together um, these old friends come together. I think they were finding some comfort in in reconnecting, um, especially in in the in the the midst of these very heightened, um, tumultuous times. There's been an outpouring of compassion, I know, for your family and for the three boys. Are there any that stand out to you that have been particularly meaningful to your family and to the three boys?
I mean, of course, you know, I, I was gratified that the Vermont congressional delegation has reached out and Bernie Sanders was very quick to uh, condemn the violence. Uh, he's been, I think, um, quick to condemn the indiscriminate bombing in, in, in Gaza as well. Um, you know, there's been outpouring of support literally from all corners of the world. And um, I think it this story has touched the nerve. It's it's moved people. I think people, um, you know, quite apart from their background, quite apart from the fact that these are Arab men who were dressed as Arabs who were speaking Arabic. Um, this is this is a this is gun violence in a town in a place where you don't expect that gun violence. So I think I think that has been shocking um but then to see um what we can only presume was a targeted hate crime um happen in a place like this uh i've been i've been moved that so many others have been moved we are you know, finally um all three boys have thankfully survived this attack, although your nephew Isham is faces a very serious road ahead. Um, evidently, his mother said will not may not walk again, but they do have a future. What do you see in their future for them as they move ahead and how they will move forward um, with this tragedy as as part of their life experience now. As I said before, to be Palestinian in this world is difficult. And you you learn how to deal with trauma. You learn how to deal with um, tragedy. And uh, I'm seeing in these boys resilience and strength that would really just be awe-inspiring to anyone to witness. So what would, what does the future hold for these young men? Well, my hope is, you know, they were at these incredible uh, colleges, Brown University, Trinity, Haverford. They were building, they had big dreams to build a bright future. And my hope is that this has pushed pause on that and that they can resume building that bright future sometime soon. And they'll be changed, no questions. And certainly my nephew Hisham um, will, in whatever form his recovery takes, this is going to change him forever. But he's resilient. Um, he, as I said, he is a uh, lover of learning and his mind is unaffected by this and he will continue to be um, I believe a uh, a bright and uh, committed uh, lifelong learner so I, I could see him being an academic um, and uh, whatever he he does I know he'll be successful well, Rich Price, I want to thank you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation. And my 
best wishes. I know I speak for many Vermonters for the speedy recovery of Hisham, Kinan, and Tassin. Well, thank you for having me. And, and it's important. Uh, I want to say just a couple of things. It's important that this moment not be politicized, that these boys not be used as political footballs, because these three young men are wonderful people. They're, um, they have a bright future. And I don't want them and their lives to be manipulated and exploited by people who have an agenda, but they are, they do represent uh, the best and brightest of Palestine and what it means to be Palestinian. And I want that. I want people to know that. Thank you. We turn now to Wafiq Faour, a Palestinian refugee who is a member of Vermonters for Justice in Palestine. Wafiq Faour, welcome back to the Vermont Conversation. Thank you, David. Why don't we just start by you were listening to Rich Price uh, speak about what's happened. What are your thoughts as you hear him tell the story? I mean, it's heartbreaking. He's talking as an uncle, but at the same time, uh, uh, I felt uh, uh, fortunate to listen to educated American Vermoners who understand what the Palestinian people, what Palestinians' family are going uh, through daily under occupation. I believe uh, he knows more uh, than uh, uh, regular American, but uh, uh, he seems an expert, maybe because he visited there, because he has relatives there, because he talks to his sister. And I wish every Vermoner will understand that Palestinians are humans, are uh, people like to wake up, in the morning, take care of their kids, send them to the best schools, have a bright future. The only thing different is we are living under direct occupation and direct apartheid, and we want to get rid of that. And this is a struggle for every Palestinian family, regardless uh, what kind of a class they belong. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty sure his nephew is fortunate enough to be on the French school uh, and living in Ramallah. Uh, a lot of Palestinians, uh, they are uh, suffering from going to school because of the checkpoints, uh, suffering uh, because the, uh, the, the, their schools getting bombed in Palestine now as we speak, as uh, places to be taken as refuge in Gaza and they got bombed there. I mean, there is no place safe on Gaza now. And we have to relate, I'm not going to make politics out of uh, this hate crime against those three Palestinian students, but this is reality. The only surprise about it, that who would have thought that uh, they survived the uh, Israeli occupation to face hate crime on a prospect street in Burlington? Uh, it means Can you talk have... about that a, a little bit. What was your reaction on hearing that news over the weekend that this crime had had happened in in your home state? 
it, of course, I was like everybody shocked that something like that happening uh, close to me. I'm angry too, as Palestinian. And at the same time, to tell you the truth, I'm not surprised. I mean, to act like Vermont, that we are a racist, a free state, just because we are liberals or because we have a representative like Sanders, Welsh, and uh, Becca Palin, uh, it's not a true. Still, we are living on a state with uh, a percentage of uh, the prisoners in our states are uh, higher than any other state of uh, peoples of colors. Still, the institutionalized racism it's existed on many places, on healthcare, on the justice uh, system, in our education uh, system, in housing, it still exists. So why we deny it as if we are a pristine, a green mountain state, that we are a progressive, etc. One, two, our representative, they talk a progressive talk and they talk the things we love to hear from any politician. But actually, when it comes uh, to uh, a question like Palestine, we saw them that until now, uh, beside Palin, uh, that she, she declared that uh, uh, she supported ceasefire, but she didn't go farther with it. She didn't brought that ceasefire she called for to the House of Lords. And we, we heard uh, uh, Senator Sanders talking about using uh, the USAID to Israel, but he didn't put any demand to Israel. The least of it, the ceasefire at a time of a genocide and thousands of children getting killed. So how he's going to use the pairs, the money, the aid, the military support, he uh, unconditional support to Israel when he didn't demand anything. So there are double standards here, you know, and we don't see as uh, members of our community. Of course, they, they, they felt sorrow and upset, surprised about what happened on the streets of Burlington. But this sorrow, we need an action for it. We, my community feel they wanna feel protected. We wanna feel we belong to Vermont and we belong to United States. And for that, the question of Palestinian justice or the question of the right of Palestinian for self-determination shouldn't be viewed as a strange or radical even. If we respect human rights, equal rights, and all international law. At this time of this tragedy that's occurred in our own community here, what good do you hope will come of that? And I know that uh, Rich Price uh, kind of raised that as well, that he is asked. And I wonder what you would say in answer to that. I hope people will learn that Palestinians are no difference. They are a human. 
And when they hear dehumanizing the Palestinian through our media and through uh, politicians and look on only one eye that the safety and security of Israel comes one to the American policymakers, they will stand up and they will see the tragedies happening and the genocide happening to the Palestinians. And for this locally, we should go after hate crimes if it is under, uh, uh, against Palestinians, Arab, Muslim, or because of Islamophobia or anti-Semitism or anti-Black and anti-Brown. We have to teach our kids that racism shouldn't be, you know, part of our daily life here. Otherization of people, regardless of their background, their religion, and their race, shouldn't be as a pattern in our cultural, in our tradition, part of the American heritage. We have to learn that this country have been built on genocide and massacres against indigenous people. But it doesn't mean it's okay to continue like that. And it's not okay to deny it just because we're going to feel good if we deny that we are a good people. We shouldn't talk about human rights and equal rights if we don't deliver human rights and equal rights. And we should look at the Palestinian people are no different than other people who deserve dignity, deserve independence, and deserve their own uh, land. And what they are doing they have rights. Self-determination for Palestinian people is a must under all international law. So American policymakers should understand that. That was Wafiq Faour, a member of Vermonters for Justice in Palestine. We turn now to Fuad al-Amudi, the vice president of the Islamic Society of Vermont. I began by asking Fuad how he was feeling. Unfortunately, this is a shock to us. I've lived in Vermont, I've told you before, five years. <clears throat> I've been here, and I've said this before, by far, Vermont is the best place to live, to raise your kids. Very peaceful, very community-oriented. People work together. There is this tightness on the community itself, helping each other. When this happened, to me, it was a shock. To me, I felt that how can this happen in our backyard? You know, something like this has never happened. Why now? And I get, I kind of start questioning myself, like, is it connected with this war in Israel and Palestine? And I didn't have, when I got this message, as I said, I didn't have the details behind it. And then I ended up finding out uh, they were wearing the kafirs, uh, which is the kind of like the Palestine symbol um, and maybe uh, potentially a hate crime. I think the police is still investigate, uh, investigating on that, but I thought, you know, this can happen to anyone. And when I started getting emails, getting text messages on WhatsApp from the community, looking to us as leaders, even though we are not, as you know, we don't have an imam right now. Imam is the leader but we are taking the responsibility right now to communicate with the media, to communicate with the community on what's going on, to tell them about the security that we are putting forward in our masjids to increase the security. 
so that to give them affirmative that they are okay and there is not nothing to worry about. So that's to us as board members, it's it's a lot of weight on our shoulders. Do, do you it's feel of, that there's yeah. nothing to worry about? And this is, it's hard. Personally, I feel this is a one-off. Um, I feel that I, I don't want to raise flags to the community and make them worried about this. It has not, ha, it has never happened here uh, since I've been here. Um, so I, I, I want to believe that this is a one-off. I, I really, truly want to believe that, that hopefully we will navigate through uh, these difficulties, and I, I hope we, we will emerge stronger based on this. So for me, I feel this is a one-off, and I'm hoping it stays like that. What is the response that you are hearing within the Islamic Society of Vermont community? Um, I've been getting some emails. Um, on the community themselves, they are worried. Uh, people are worried. Why this? Why now? Why is it? What? Why is it happening to us? Um, and usually, it's hard when it hits back home. It hits like close to home. Uh, that's what most of them are feeling. And for us to at least give them, or what we can do in our hands is increase the security. We have extra police cars in our parking lot. Uh, we have increased the security. We have a lot of uh, help from the government itself. Like uh, I know the governor reached to us, the mayor reached to us also and talked to us and asked us if we need any help from them in terms of security. So we have the support. Uh, and for us is to just let the community know that you know we have their back. Um, we should support each other in these times. And I have communicated that through the email to the community. And I've asked them that if they feel threatened, if they feel they may need to talk to anyone, to reach out to us. However, as I said, we are not qualified enough to have that, but at least to have that dialogue, that communication with the community to reach out to us if they see any fear in them to reach out to us or email us or call what us. Is, we have our phone numbers out there. What is your sense of the larger context in which this shooting occurred in terms of we are hearing about tremendous rise in attacks on Muslims around the country, uh, mm -hmm. on Islamophobia? You and I have discussed that on a previous program. Um, I'm wondering what you're, where, how you place this what happened in Burlington in that larger context. I I'm appalled. Like I I I don't have really words to say why this is happening here, if it's even connected to to what's going in there. I I personally believe, and I know we're not supposed to say, but it's, I feel it is a hate crime. Uh, I feel that that person just hated the Palestinian Americans and shot them because they look, maybe they were talking Arabic, I'm not sure, but this, I feel this is, this has to stop. We, we, we need to, we need to be better. 
I didn't I didn't expect even one ounce that Vermont something like this will happen. I always thought it's going to happen in big cities, in New York City, in Texas out there, but Vermont, you know, we have less than a million people. We have you know, whatever 600, 700,000 people. Uh, Burlington is as liberal as it can get. Uh, people are always friendly. You have, and what I'm afraid of also that that also pains me was, is having, you know, our sisters and our mothers who are wearing the hijab going out there, and the first thing people see them, they see the hijab, they see the Muslim, they see the faith. They don't see the color of the skin. For me, they will see as color of skin because I don't. I, I don't wear as a Muslim wears. So for me, they will say, oh, this person is a black person, this person is a white person. But to a Muslim woman, they have the hijab. They don't see the color of the skin first. They see the, and this is what I'm a little bit afraid of them if this is going to happen about. This is the difficult moment we have right now in our Muslim community, especially, you know, and I pray, I do, I really do pray, and I want people to pray for a speed recovery for these three victims right now. We were about to finish when Fuad Alamudi wanted to share one more thought. So, uh, so one thing I want to leave it up is, I wish, and I truly wish, the same compassion, the same solidarity, the same outpouring that we are getting right now from all over the states, the all over United States, states also people are asking to help how can they help on these three victims the three palestinian americans remember these three americans they were born and raised and they went to high school in palestine i hope i wish the same compassion goes out to the palestinians because if this three this incident happened this tragedy tragedy happened in palestine the same three people I don't think we'll see the same compassion as we're seeing right now here. And these are Palestinians. It's not like they were born here and their parents are Palestinian. They were born in Palestine. They were raised in Palestine. They came here. They're studying here. They became American citizens. But there's so much love among them. If you remove that American and just the Palestinian remains there, I wish, I hope, I, the compassion, the solidarity is, is, is shown to the same people in Palestine. That's my message to everyone. Thank you, David. Thank you. Fuad Alamudi is Vice President of the Islamic Society of Vermont. That does it for this week's Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. Thanks so much for listening.